I'm going to start at the beginning of this church. Um, so you probably all know, um, but some of you may not because some of you haven't been around kind of a load of time, that um, we started this church because of a prophetic dream. So back in 2003, I think it was, Nicola and I um, decided to leave our jobs and go part-time and volunteer for a church in Nottingham called Trent Vineyard and do something called the Discipleship Year. And I won't take you through all of that. That's a whole story in itself. If you want to hear it, come to the next Newcomers Meal. And um, we went along to this weekend with 17 of us in total. And we, we were excited because we wanted to do it because we believed the Lord might be telling us to plant a church. So anyway, that first, we went away for two nights. And that first night at 2 o'clock in the morning... I was awoke having had a dream, a dream of this three-story building in the centre of Newcastle. And Newcastle looked a little different in that there was like a hill in the centre and this building was right in the very centre and it looked over the region. And it was this three-story building had three really distinct floors. Um, the first floor was just full of compassion. So you imagine like, the, like a the old Debenhams with all of the doors at the front and um, people were queuing and just coming in through the doors just getting what they needed whether that be food or clothes support you name it that this ground floor was just a hubbub of activity and I remember so clearly that um, this little kind of part of it was like people would say if you need help go to the vineyard if you need help go to the vineyard and um, so that was the ground floor, and it was just incredible. And then the, the middle floor was just full of prayer, 24-7 prayer. People just praying, praying for the city, praying for people, praying for the region, praying for each other, praying for the church, you know, just full of prayer. And it was just a beautiful, peaceful place. Whereas the ground floor was just a hub of activity, the first floor was just this peaceful, constant presence of God. And then... The second floor was different again. It was full of people, just like now, just worshipping the name of Jesus. Worshipping the name of Jesus. And um, their arms raised high, worshipping, singing out. And the Holy Spirit was just falling all over the place. And um, I remember like these big windows. And they were wide open. And as people were worshipping, these waves were going out across the city and touching down all over the place. And these lights were coming on all over the region. And those lights, I said, Lord, what are those lights? What is, what is this? And he said, as people worship my name, I will fill them with my spirit and I will send them out. And those lights coming on were people coming to know Jesus for the first time. And then I woke up. And second night, same time, same dream. And... Um, it just was beautiful. It, was, it started this journey. We had these nudges that the Lord may be calling us to plant the church. But that was really when we knew that this was the adventure we were to go on. And there's loads more I could say about how God spoke and um, prophetic words and through all sorts of ways. But this church only exists because God speaks in prophetic ways. You know, we don't do this because... One day, Nicola and I woke up and thought, we're going to have a career change. We're going to become pastors of a church. That wasn't it at all. You know, I'm sure there's many other things we, we could do. But God wants us to do this and wants this church to exist. And so he spoke it out and told us 
what to do. And I was reflecting on this as we were just this, this three-story building and all that's been going on with compassion. And I talked a little bit about this morning during notices. You know, we are now in a situation as a church and whether you take that as a, the churches in what we do, but also things like the recruitment junction, people in this church going out and serving the people of this region. You know, people are coming and asking us to do stuff to help our city and our region. You know, even this last week, I had somebody on the phone saying, hey, we would like to talk about how you guys can help us in this situation. Can we talk to you? Can we see if you can, can do some more over here? People are coming to the vineyard and saying, can you help us? And in that prophetic dream, in it, there was people queuing saying, go to the vineyard because they will help you. And now people are coming to us and saying, can you help us? It's just incredible. You know, when you actually stop and think about it, think about what God spoke, what, nearly 20, well, over 20 years ago. And now we see it actually happening. And when I think about Revive, you know, I'm, I'm increasingly getting excited about what God is going to do here in this space as we just push into the things of his kingdom with probably more freedom and more kind of determination than maybe in other places where there's more constrictions with children's ministry and all of that. We get to play in a way that we don't anywhere else in this space. And... Um, I love that song that we sang. I haven't sung it for ages. It's Tim Hughes, I believe, isn't it, the one we sang? There must be more than this. O breath of God, come breathe within. Consuming fire, fan into flames, a passion for your name. Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Isn't that... I love it. It just felt like a bit of an anthem for this revive, what it's all about, about people coming and the presence of God falling and people discovering all the things of his kingdom in this environment, in this space as we gather together. And it made me think of the top floor of the dream, you know, where there was this, just this kind of abandonment to, to anything just other than focusing our attention on God and let his spirit fall in, in that place. So I'm kind of excited to give this talk. And it's not really a talk, it's more training. Um, but I do believe that we, in the last two weeks, are kind of starting something that God wants to do in this space on a Sunday night. And that is he wants us to really press in, discover, and, and kind of grow in confidence around the gifts of the Spirit and all of the things of his kingdom. That actually this will be a space where people can come that will walk through the door, having never experienced church, and they'll be so power, you know, powerfully encounter the Spirit of the Lord that they'll come to know Jesus. Um, Colin this morning came to me and he, he whispered in my ear, um, and he said, I had a picture, and I'm going to try and do it justice. And he said, he saw a, har a field, harvest of cornfield, a cornfield, and he felt the Lord say, you've been sowing for years, it's now time to reap. And, you know, it, that, that has been something that has been stirring in, in our hearts. You know, we've been talking, not in that language, but talking about the same thing, believing that all that we've invested, all that we are investing, all the seeds we're sowing, that the Lord is going to bring in a harvest of people 
souls that are going to get saved. And so it is with excitement and with kind of determination and passion that we want to really press into the things of the kingdom. And the prophetic is such a crucial part of the armory that God has given us as Christians to demonstrate his love and his compassion and his power in the world today. And there's a verse that um, I love. I just think it, it just it gets me excited, this. It, 1 Corinthians 14, 25. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming God is really among you. And the context is, these unbelievers walked in, like if somebody walked in at the back of this service tonight, and they heard prophetic words being shared. And it was prophetic words that opened the secrets of their hearts. And they fell on their knees before the Lord and said, their God is real. That is the power of the prophetic. That is the power of the kingdom of God, of people like Mike and Joe spoke last week about people getting healed. You know, there's nothing more powerful than you're talking to someone about, about Jesus and they say, I don't believe in God. And say, so, well, shall I kind of pray for you? What is, what's going on in your life? Well, I've got this bad back. Well, let's pray for your back. And, you know, they watch their legs grow and their back get healed and then all of a sudden their perspective on God changes somewhat in a moment when the kingdom of God breaks in. I was chatting to um, a guy in the centre of Newcastle, well, pre-pandemic, and um, I was just saying, look, what's your name? Why are you here? You know, just chatting to him, and and I just had this um, prophetic word just pop into my head. I said, um, I just feel, are you here on business? And um, I think God is saying He wants to multiply your business. And He looked, His eyes just went wider, and He said. I've just gone to a meet, I've just come out of a meeting about starting a new premises. This, he was from Carlisle actually, and he'd come here to start a new offices in Newcastle. And it was literally like the secrets of his heart were just laid bare. Just with this kind of it was almost like a little it wasn't it, I don't know, it just kept just comes. And you just share it and who knows what the Lord will do. So I got to pray with him. Who knows? It goes back to Carlisle. Maybe he goes to Carlisle Vineyard, you never know. But um, that's the power of the prophetic. So, I want to do some training. Now, you may have heard some of this before. If you have, then hopefully you'll learn something new or you'll get refreshed. Um, but I just want to say this. Proverbs, in Proverbs, this is written. Who has gone up to the heavens and come down? Who has gathered up the wind in the hollows of his hands? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and the name of his son? Tell me if you know. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add a word. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Before we even get started, it's really important to say this. What we're talking about tonight is not adding to scripture. It's not prophetic as we might read in the Old Testament, you know, or the books of the prophets that we might read. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about how God speaks to us personally, whether that's directly to us or through us to others and through others back to us. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about. And we'll see how that fits under scripture um, rather than 
at the side of Scripture. Because this is what 1 Corinthians 14 says, which again is part of what I've just read. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So what is prophecy? Well, it's a few different descriptions. It is speaking on behalf of God to a particular person or group of people saying what he wants to say. Uh, James Ryle, um, I think he was a prophet, pastory kind of person. Prophecy is the heart of God revealed through the words of men or women to a person or a people in any given situation for the purpose of strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. You know, there are three really important words when we think of prophecy. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And you know, when we think of strengthening, encouraging, and comfort, we can just think of, like, somebody say, well done. You know, Tim, Joa, great job leading worship tonight. We might think of encouragement like that. But encouragement can also be a predictive prophecy. You know, something of saying, you know, this is going to happen. This is what I see God doing in your life. That can be encouraging. It can be comforting to know God has a plan. It could be instruction. You know, there's nothing less comforting than when, we're not, when God doesn't intervene and we go off on our own way and we find ourselves in a mess. You know, instructing through the prophetic. Guidance. Convincing people of Jesus. You know, as I said, you know, that prophetic word about, are you multiplying your business? How comforting is that to think that the God of heaven has seen what that person's doing in that day? How encouraging is that? How strengthening to think, I'm going to do this because that's what God wants me to do, whether he believed it or not. And correction. Sometimes correction might not feel encouraging in the moment, but it does strengthen us. It will ultimately comfort us as we stay on the straight and narrow. So we're not talking about prophetic that is in par with scripture. That's not what we're talking about here. It's no new revelation. There's nothing that's going to be added to the word of God. It is, if you like, a lesser level of revelation. It's specific. So here's another one. Um, Somebody green. Prophecy is a particular word for a particular congregation or person at a particular time through a particular person. Scripture is for all Christians in all places at all times. Let me say that again. Prophecy is, for, is a particular word for a particular congregation or person at a particular time through a particular person. Scripture is for all Christians in all places at all times. Hopefully that sets the context about prophecy. So, are we always right when we give a prophetic word? You know, so we I might stand up here and, and we might have been in settings where we, we hear prophetic words and it starts with, thus saith the Lord, you know, or something like that, you know, God says. And we have to be super careful and we'll talk about how we give prophetic words in a minute um, because let, right, right off the bat, we do not get it 100% right, pretty much ever. 
We just don't, because we are human beings and we hear in part and we see in part. You know, we, we don't kind of get always the full revelation or we don't always have the words to describe what we do see. And so whatever, you know, what we need to understand is when we share prophetic words or where we receive a prophetic word, it's always a mix of, of God and man. It's always a mix. You know, there's sometimes prophetic words can actually be from the enemy, and that's a whole other talk for a whole other time. We have to be able to, you know, because they're not true prophetic words then. You know, we have to weigh them. But we have to understand that the prophetic words can come from different sources. But what we're going to talk about tonight is prophetic words from Christians, to, you know, in this setting, is, is prophetic word that's mixed of our own kind of thoughts mixed in with God's kind of revelation. And sometimes it can be 80% God, 20% us. Sometimes it can be 80% us and 20% God. But if we know how to weigh it, if you like, we eat the meat and spit out the bones. And we always, you know, we need to be open to the weighing process. But I think if somebody stands up here and says, I hear from God 100% all of the time, they don't. Because we're human beings. And we only hear in part, and we only see in part. So how do we know how much is God and how much is us? Well, we need to weigh it. I think one of the, um, one of the biggest things with the prophetic is that we don't teach people how to weigh it. So, you know, how many times, I mean, I've been in places where people have shared words of knowledge with me and, and just left it. And unless I, because I've been trained around the prophetic for kind of 20 years, it kind of, I've, I instinctively know how to weigh things. But if we don't know how to weigh it, then we can either dismiss it out of sight, oh, well, I'm not going to go near that prophetic stuff, it's all a bit, you know, it's a bit scary. Or we just take everything on board like it's all 100% from God. And our life is, you know, we're just kind of following every direction, chasing after every prophetic word. And the, the truth is, neither of those two extremes are right. You know, we need to learn how to weigh the prophetic word. And as I said, how to eat the meat and spit out the bones and, and see how God is speaking to us as a whole throughout our life in different ways. You know, we have to learn to weigh. And so how do we weigh it? Well, first, it's, it's important to know we need to weigh it. That's the first thing. And we have permission to weigh it. You know, that's our responsibility. But the first thing we do is weigh it against Scripture. It is subordinate to Scripture. So if anything is shared that is at odds with Scripture, we dismiss it immediately. And that's why it's really important that we know our Bibles. You know, the, the vineyard was born in these different sets of tensions. You know, and we were born in a place where Sometimes the word of God and the spirit of God were in two different camps, you know, so people kind of shared all the prophetic and all of this stuff, but maybe didn't invest in the scriptures. Or they were over here and they invested in the scriptures, but they didn't really press into the Holy Spirit. And when the vineyard was born, what, 30, 40 years ago, it said, no, we want both of these and we want to bring them together. And we want the word of God and we want the spirit of God. We want the gifts of the spirit and we want the truth of scripture. And so when we think of the prophetic, the first place we go is, does it line up with scripture? And to do that, we need to know our scriptures. 
we need to know our Bible. And if we're not sure, if it doesn't sound right, go and read the Bible, go and study it, go and Google, kind of try and find out, does the Bible actually say this? Does this feel right? Is this right with Scripture? Or ask someone else to, but always subordinate to Scripture. Does it confirm what God is already doing? You know, that's a really important one. You know, if it feels so left field, it just makes no sense. You know, then, then probably at, the, at the, the most, you need to just put it in your notebook and say, okay, we'll see if somebody else shares this with me or this is, this is confirmed to a later date. If it's so far left field, if that's kind of, that's weighing it. It's not dismissing it. It's not saying, well, this might not, because this might be the start of God beginning to speak about a change of direction. But if it feels kind of out there, just, just make a note of it and just sit on it and see what the Lord does. If he wants you to change direction, he will tell you. You're not going to miss it if you don't act on it straight away. The other question is, what is the benefit? What difference does it make? You know, sometimes we can be given prophetic words, and actually it feels like it just adds more confusion into the mix. And you kind of think, would God kind of just bring, you know, does that feel right? You know, is there any benefit from this word of knowledge? Well, maybe not. So maybe that isn't God. Maybe that's someone's opinion. Because sometimes in church settings, people's opinions can be wrapped up in what sounds like the prophetic. And so we have to weigh it and say, thanks for sharing that. You know, I really appreciate you stepping out. But actually, it doesn't feel quite right for me at this moment in time. And we have permission to reflect that back. You know, for some people, they are prophetic and they, they see what the Lord is going to do next. You know, they foretelling. You know, they have prophetic. It's probably the way we think of the prophetic, isn't it? We think of a, an eye into the future. Well, how do you weigh those? It's really difficult to weigh them in the moment if it's something that's not yet happened. Well, you weigh them by the fruit. You know, if somebody is kind of speaking prophetic words over you about the future, you kind of want to know, have they done this before and have they kind of got it right before? And, um, and so that's really helpful. And, it, you know, if, so, so, so weigh it. It's sometimes difficult because you may not know their backstory. So it's not like you dismiss what the Lord is speaking through those people. But um, you just need to be careful and weigh it carefully when it's something about the future. And probably, for me, one of the most important ways of weighing is, does it point to Jesus? Does it point to Jesus? Does it point to God and his greatness? I love the fact we sang that, just how great is our God wasn't that song, was it? But it was kind of the same, you know, same thing. How great is our God? And, you know, prophetic should point us to Jesus. should point us to God. It should reorientate us and say, right, okay, this is what Jesus wants for my life. If it feels sometimes like, well, is it what Jesus wants? Or is the focus being turned on the person giving the prophetic word? Then that should add a little warning bell um, that it, it might there might be something else going on here. You know, it should point us to Jesus. The other thing I'd say is, it doesn't matter how amazing it sounds. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes, you know, with the prophetic, 
we can wrap it in these amazing kind of sounding words. I remember this one lady who was in our church a long time ago, and probably first six months actually, and we were sat in our front room and we were beginning to explore prophetic and we were doing this teaching, actually pretty much the same teaching. And, um, and I just remember having this prophetic word. I saw a garden fence, like a white picket fence, and this little slide in the back garden. And it, was just, it, it doesn't mean anything to you. you know, it sounded ridiculous. It was so simple. She just started crying. She said, you just described my back garden when I was a kid and my childhood was really difficult. It doesn't have to sound amazing. It can just be a simple sentence or just a simple word. But in the right place, in the right context to the right person, it can just open up a whole myriad of healing and the presence of God and transformation. So don't worry about it being spectacular. Sometimes the spectacular ones aren't as spectacular as they sound. It's the simple ones that God speaks through. I think, you know, and both all of these things we should weigh as people giving words of knowledge and also people receiving. So, you know, we should be doing these things before we share a word of knowledge. You know, is it scriptural? You know, is this me? Have I got, is this something that's kind of coming from me rather than God? You know, we should be weighing those things ourselves. We should be risk takers, but we should be safe risk takers in that. Um, Probably for those giving words of knowledge, a really important question is, what is the impact if I get this wrong? What is the impact if I get this wrong? And we shouldn't be scared to give something that has significance if we know it's the Lord. If we kind of, if you, you, know, you just know you have to do it, you're disobedient if you don't share it. But we have to ask the question, what, what would it mean if I get it wrong? And sometimes it's better then to write those things down or kind of to say, can we grab a coffee? Rather than just give it in the cold of a ministry time or, or all of that. So what happens if I get it wrong? That should be something that's in our minds. We shouldn't overrate prophecy, but we can't underrate it either. It has to have a rightful place kind of in our lives. That God speaks and we need to weigh it. So how do prophecies come? Quickly, let's run through this and then we're going to practice it. So they come in dreams. Well, I think I've covered that one. Um, write your dreams down. I don't actually dream that much. So it's, it sounds a bit strange considering the church was born out of a dream that God gave us, but I don't actually dream that much. Some of you might dream loads. Have a little dream diary. Just write down what the Lord might be saying. It might just be too much cheese, but actually, you might... Well, it might be. <laughs> it might be. But it might also become a pattern. You start to see things in your dreams and you think, well, maybe God's speaking through that. I said, read your Bible, know your Bible, but read your Bible as if God wants to also share it with others. So God might, as you're reading it, highlight a verse to you. It might not just be for you. It might be for somebody else. So make a note of it and think, Lord, is this for someone else? And just be willing to share it. You kind of can't go wrong with sharing scripture. It's just good stuff, isn't it? So don't be worried about that. It's a great way, actually, of starting to grow in prophetic is to start sharing prophetic Bible verses with people that you feel it's a great way of learning to do it. Pictures. That garden that I spoke about, that's a picture. 
Don't dismiss those pictures that come into your mind because they might be from God. And it might not be the whole picture, but there might be a little, moment, little bit of it that really means something to someone. So be aware of the pictures that God might well be dropping into your mind as you're praying for somebody. Or even if you sat around now, just God might be dropping a picture in for someone else in this space. Sometimes you just know. You just know. I remember walking into a house years ago, actually before we were even part of the vineyard. And I walked in, and as I stepped over the threshold of the house, the temperature <laughs> dropped a little bit like it does tonight. But no, it actually dropped. You, from outside to inside, it felt about 10 degrees colder. And there was just a, you just kind of knew something wasn't quite right in this space. And you know, sometimes we just know, and not something as kind of extreme as that, but we just kind of know what the Lord is saying, whether, the, there's some, you know, whether it is a discernment of what's going on in the space, or whether it is an insight in somebody's lives, or, or whether it's an encouragement. You know, you just know, I just need to go and say that to that person. And it's not like a, a picture, or a dream, or a scripture. It's just something inside you, a nudge. And we need to listen to those nudges sometimes. box of tissues I love this is so true this is how it often comes when I'm sharing from the front up here um, it might seem like I've got it all written down what it's like a box of tissues I might have the first two or three words and as I start speaking out your mouth you know when you pull a box of tissues another one comes and another one comes and another one comes you know that that's sometimes how prophecy comes you share the first few words and then the next bit comes and then the next bit comes and then you stop when you've run out of tissues. And it might not be that big a box of tissues, or it might be a massive box of tissues, you just don't know, but, but you stop when there's nothing more to say. Natural phenomenon. You know, so often, T-shirts, or what people are wearing, or, or the environment we find ourselves in, you look around and you see this tree, um, and you just think, oh, that's what God wants to, you know, it's the way it looks. It, it, just in the natural environment, and the environment we're in, the physical environment, can be real cues for the prophetic. And sometimes it's just spontaneous utterances. Sometimes you'll hear it called automatic mouth, which I found is a bit of a funny old way of describing it. But people, it just comes out. You can't stop it. I mean, there's other things like people seeing words written across people's foreheads and stuff like that. God finds creative ways of showing us what he wants us to share. But they're the kind of things that we need to be thinking of. So how should we give a prophecy? Well, four quick things. Humbly. We need to be really careful if we want to grow in the prophetic that that we don't get prideful in our sharing of God's words for people. We need to do it humbly. We need to do it humbly. So we need to, uh, people who are grown in this area of prophetic need to be humble, teachable, correctable, and honest. You know, that's what you're looking for in people who are sharing words of knowledge in a regular setting, in all settings, but particularly when they're regularly sharing them. Responsibly. I've talked about that. We need to weigh them. We need to be responsible for not just machine gunning everything that comes into our minds and calling it prophecy. We can't be doing that. We need to be weighing it because it's too important 
and then sharing it gently and humbly and carefully. Naturally, you know, be ourselves. It isn't thus saith the Lord, or we don't suddenly start speaking in old English. You know, that well, it doesn't matter. Why, why would we do that? We speak as if we're speaking. You know, we're we're sharing things, and but we share it humbly. You know, I think the Lord might be saying this. I think this. I've just got. I just got a sense that this might be God. But you know, please wait. Don't. You know, we we want to give people permission to to kind of say, I don't think that's right for me. It's hard when you say, thus says the Lord. What do you do? Are you disobedient then if you don't listen to it? We need to do it naturally and succinctly. Stand up, speak up, and shut up. Have you heard that before? Stand up, speak up, shut up. Don't add to it. So often, a really good prophetic word is diluted down by lots of ramblings that come from us. So keep it short. If all you've got is a word, just say a word. Don't need to say anything else. 